One of the most powerful things in the world to witness is someone who has the courage to come forward and ask for help. Very powerful. They've done an internal search warrant on themselves and they've said, I need help. I'm putting my ego away, my hubris, whatever you want to call it, I need help. Very powerful. My next guest you're going to love, Kurt Dabb. He spent many years in law enforcement in the Arizona area, and he got to a point in his life where he couldn't take it anymore. And he was like many first responders, myself included, who said, for many years, I'm not going to get help. I'm fine. You are not fine. You are not fine. Kurt transformed his life, and he is on a higher path now. And you have to hear his story. Kurt Dabb on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Patrick here, host and creator, CJ Evolution Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We know you got many options, but thank you for listening. If you love the show, please continue to share it with family and friends and tag me. I would appreciate it. Big shout out to you. Yes, you, the criminal justice professional, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at. Thank you for doing it. Very uncertain times out there. It's a shit show. I'm just going to be honest. But you know what? You're honored, cherished, and loved. The vast majority of people out there support you. Yes, I wish they were more vocal, but you have much support. Keep doing the great job you are doing. Thank you. Folks, if you love the audio version of the show, you're going to love the YouTubes. Yes, I've started recording my shows, and you're going to love them. CJ Evolution Podcast YouTube channel. The link is going to be in the show notes. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. If you are suffering right now, pick up your cell phone and call FHE Health, 844-650-1399 or you can contact me directly. I'm a national liaison for FHE Health and Shatterproof. 303-960-9819. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Very excited to have my next guest on the show, Kurt Dabb in the house. He is an amazing individual, even though I just met him a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's doing great things. Uh, he's former law enforcement many years. He's going to talk about that. And welcome, brother. I appreciate it. 
Thank you, man. You know, it's, it's funny. You just said something, oh, he's a great guy or whatever. And, you know, I was just listening to a podcast with a, uh, a psychologist on there and a discussion was occurring based on, you know, outside appearances, how everybody looks, you know, you meet somebody, you're all cheery, social media, everything's all everything's fucking fake on fucking cakes and pie. Yeah. yeah, but we're all fucking suffering inside one way or another. Even the most successful people in the world are suffering. And uh, yeah, so fuck all this fake ass shit. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm that's done with that tell, nonsense. That's what I tell people. You know, you know this, Kurt. I mean, is is that you look social media plays its purpose. It's it's good, you know, but nobody's driving around. Not everybody's driving around a fucking Lambo jetting off to New York City for a date and stuff. That's not real life. And to your point, everybody's dealing with shit. Everybody has baggage. What I like about guys like you and women, too, is everybody has their baggage. But you had Mm -hmm. the courage to come forward and say, look, I'm screwed up. I need some help. Same with me. And those are the people I really admire. Not that I don't admire other people. Sure. We have a problem in law enforcement, brother. You know that. I think we're getting a little better where we get these people that are saying, fuck it. I'm not going to come forward. I'm afraid I got my ego. What the fuck are people going to say about me? We, I wish we could just get past that. I think we're getting better. I think we are too. Um, and, and I think I really believe that finally the military is oh, leading absolutely. the way in that, you know, with uh, different forms of treatment, you know, alternative forms of treatment and stuff like that. There's, a lot of different studies going on with um, different types of um, psychotropic drugs, mm-hmm. you Ketamine, know, so, all that stuff. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of good stuff going on. It's just sad that, you know, us as cops have been given an inordinary amount of work, difficult work, stuff that cops were not supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's what we're doing on a daily basis. And there's there's no relief. And yeah. with without that relief, um, you become messed up and desensitized. Well, you did. You know, you were you were in law enforcement for 20 years. Yep. Uh, I was in for a little longer, 23. It's the same. But to your point, I mean, things have changed so much. I mean, who, who would have thought, brother, like when you and I got in law enforcement, we'd be giving fucking Narcan to people. To, to, to have them come back and try to delay that OD to get them to a higher level of care or, you know, some other, I mean, I'm not saying that's a, a, a bad thing, but to your point, right. you know, it's shoveling on all this responsibility, mental health calls. I mean, how many did you have? I know you worked in a bigger jurisdiction, but now our, our, our men and women out there serving are going to these calls every day, multiple calls. You worked in a big jurisdiction. Yeah. You I know, mean, be- it, it used to be when we would go to the mental health calls, we would be there for the long fucking haul. Yeah. It didn't matter if you were threatening to hurt yourself or you were threatening to hurt others. Um, we're fucking there. And even if no crime was committed, mm-hmm. we were there and we were going to force the issue. If someone said you had mental health issues and, you know, you were threatening to kill yourself, we're going to get a court order from a judge and from a doctor and we're going to take you. Yeah. And now, you know, we we my agency had a couple of shootings where, you know, they were deemed justified. But just because you can do something doesn't 
mean you always should. Sure. So there's been a shift in dealing with the, the mental health calls that, you know, my former agency and a, a lot of the local agencies do. If you're threatening to kill yourself and you're not going to harm anybody, you're not threatening to hurt anybody else, you're not threatening to kill anybody else, then we'll send, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll have one of our CIT trained, CIT trained officers call and contact you, but we're not going to push the issue because is killing yourself against the law? Fucking a, it is not. No. And why are <laughs> you going not. to sacrifice <clears throat> one of know. our lives possibly? Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. We, lead one of us to get killed trying to force our ideals and morals and laws, you know, that for all intents and purposes, you know, are a little ass backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have one of us get hurt or killed for God's sake. Yeah. Now you went through some tough periods uh, in your life, brother. Yeah, um, I still am going through, man. Yeah, I mean yeah. everybody does. I mean I'm still in recovery. Yeah. You're in recovery, um, but can you talk about that a little bit? What you went through, you don't have to dive. You yeah, know, just kind of scratch the surface with that. So it it all stems from <clears throat> my first officer involved shooting that happened back in August 11th of 2006. Um, after that shooting incident, so. You ever have the dream where the bullet falls out of your gun or you have a misfire? Mm-hmm. All cops do, right? Well, that became my reality. I was being choked out by a felon on the roof of a fucking house by myself. Um, he was high on math. I'm 130 pounds at that time, soaking wet, but I was a hard fucking charger. I was a, one hell of a juvenile wrestler on my high school team, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a badass, dude. Yeah. And plus, you were in the military, that, too. You were yeah. in the army. Yeah, I was a grunt. And you were in the army, so yeah, we're yeah I, was air, I was an airborne grunt. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> my back and my knees are in much better shape. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, my it, I ended up putting the gun. I carried a Glock twenty-one, forty-five caliber. Put it up to his side, and I'm like, "This is going to be fucking loud." Mm-hmm. But I have to kill him because he's got me in a rear naked chokehold. So I squeeze the trigger, and the gun went click. What had happened is I had a misfire um, and that led to a downward spiral of just not giving a fuck, trying to get into as much shit as I can because I was so angry that that happened to me. I I, I wanted to fight everybody I could. I wanted to chase everybody I could. Um, I wanted to prove to myself that I was able to defend myself because I felt like a failure up there on the roof, even though we were able to get him into custody. Sure. sure. Um, I had a canine partner with me there who is one of my best friends and he suffers from that incident as well. And so I just started noticing behavior changes and I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I got to tell somebody. So I brought it up to my agency at that time. They sent me for a psychological fit for duty evaluation. I was diagnosed with um, an adjustment disorder. This was back in 2007. I went to therapy, um, did some um, psychotropic or not psychotropic, but uh, some antidepressant, anxiety medicines. And then, you know, I worked my way back to work mm-hmm. and it was It was an amazing fucking experience. My agency had my back, I felt. They let me go through the process to heal just as if I had a broken leg. Um, 
But in the meantime, you know, I'm going to therapy. I'm lying to my therapist because I'm afraid of losing my job. Sure. I wasn't 100% truthful. Even though I came forward with these difficulties, I wasn't 100% honest. Um, you know, delve down into alcoholism. I quit drinking 11 years ago. Thank goodness. Otherwise, I'd have killed awesome. myself awesome. a long time ago. Um, suicidal ideations, depression, you know, um, avoidance um uh, not paying attention to my family which caused internal problems there um but uh yeah it's been a long fucking road and finally in may 3rd of 2021 i secured a homicide conviction in my last trial and may 4th 2021 i was brought into personnel and told i was no longer um didn't meet the minimum qualifications to be a cop. Wow. And I'm like, well, I went through this stuff before. Why aren't you going to help me now? And it was just told that, well, we're not going to, you're at, you know, at your 20 years. And so, yeah, I was forced into a, a medical retirement, which I'm glad I got now. And you know, it's, uh, I've done all kinds of therapy. I, I started EMDR therapy a little over two years ago, and that really saved my life. My, my therapist is such a wonderful person, works only with cops and other first responders. And um, I've done equine therapy, which is amazing. I went to Boulder Crest uh, organization um, retreat here in, in Sonoida, Arizona, south of Tucson. Um, all free, paid for combat veterans and first responders. So check that place out, yeah. bouldercrest.org. Um, and now I'm, you know, for the past, I, I feel like I keep rambling on. No, here. no, go. <laughs> this you is know, good. For, for the last 33 years since uh, I graduated high school in 1990, I left for basic training 12 days later, Fort Benning, Georgia, in the middle of the fucking Ooh, summer. Uh loved it uh fort benning school for wayward boys <laughs> <laughs> i've been there brother right and um so going from that to getting out and going to college earning my bachelor's degree and then immediately becoming a cop yeah and while i was in college i was still in the national guard and the reserves which i did for 11 years four years active duty so since 1990 i've been and lived under the thumb of the man and i took an oath in 1990 and again in 2001 and i lived and breathed and bled and sweat and cried that oath yeah and now that i'm retired and am able to look at things from the other side you know it's i'm not conflicted about my police work i loved it i helped a lot of people um I was an amazing fucking detective, man. I, I, I absolutely loved, loved the work, but some of the things that, you know, that we had to do dealing with mental health issues, which we spoke about drug addiction, you know, with, with our clientele, I think, you know, we've been going about it the wrong way. Yeah. And so now this next part of my life, these next 50 years, um, I'm going to explore because that's what I am. I'm a fucking explorer, man. I'm yeah. an adventurer. Yeah. yeah. And 
I love learning about the mind. I love learning about oh. my post-traumatic stress. What causes it? Yeah. I, you know, going back into the history of my family to learn, you know, the familial things that get passed on from generation Absolutely. to generation. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this next chapter in my life, if you will, to explore these different things. And look, I don't want to get all fucking political and shit, but I guess I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm conservative in nature. I'm, I'm a fiscal conservative. Um, I, I'm more of a libertarian, you know, I vote down the middle when elections come, I vote for the left and, you know, for yeah, the yeah, right, depending yeah. on what I want or what I think I need or we need. There's always that one segment of the population, you know, the hippies. And we always used to call them when working <laughs> fucking dirty hippies, you know, fucking dirty hippies. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, those individuals are some of the most down to earth, kind, yeah, hearted, kind hearted, beautiful people. And if I can harness some of that by experiencing some of the things that I've been experiencing through therapies and dealing with the brains and psychedelics and stuff like that, then fucking yeah, anyway, yeah, do do it. That's gonna. It, it's just it, it just. It's going to make me that much better of a husband, of a father. If I decide to go back to work, a better employee, it's going to make me a better human, man. We're well, all it's... fucking connected. And as much as I hated to agree with that shit, it's fucking true. It's true. <laughs> and you you, you said some, everything is great what you said. I mean, the brain, you know this, brother. We only know like 8% of, of the brain. We're constantly learning yeah. about the brain. You, you, you work narcotics when you were... Uh, you know, a, a cop, I was on the street. I remember, you know, arresting people for hallucinogenics, did what I was told to do, you know, ketamine and all this other stuff. Now, to your point, we are learning now that, and you know this, but the listener might, through like certain doses of ketamine, other things, we can actually help people who are suffering from PTS, PTSD, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And it's not a bad thing. So why aren't we using everything in our quote arsenal to help vets to help first responders in the general population yeah you know with different so, different treatment modalities so i i began reading about psychedelics shortly after i was diagnosed with ptsd because when i was diagnosed with that i i told my emdr therapist um i said good and she looked at me like what do you mean good and i said well now that i know what it is I want to fucking work to fix it. Yeah. I just don't want some medication. I just don't want to, you know, take a pill and just be a fucking vegetable. I want to fix what's wrong. Yeah. It's not like I have a headache and you get give me an aspirin. I want to get to the root cause of this. Sure. So it's led me down this journey, you know, my wellness journey of figuring out why the brain works the way that it does, why we react to certain mm. situations the way that we do. And one of the things that I came upon was ketamine therapy. Um, it's actually an FDA approved drug for, mm -hmm. um, um, what do they call it? It's, uh, it's clinical depression, but it's treatment resistant or whatever. Mm -hmm. And imagine being a cop for 20 plus years and having fucking depression that you know, you can't overcome. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Shocking. So I never even knew that this was available, uh, bro. Dude, I, I didn't my, either. My therapist and my psychiatrist didn't even tell me about because, it. Because, okay, I'm going to get into the conspiracy portion of myself right now. Why? Because big, big pharma doesn't, they want you hooked on, on other stuff. Yeah. You know, they don't want you going to, and this is just my opinion. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it, it, they don't want you to, no, you got to take your Lexapro, dude. Yeah. We can't have you going outside. I, I really believe, brother, the older I get, I think a lot of things that we have is to be cured with nature, you know, a lot, you know, different holistic approaches, things like that. Again, I, I think so much is is big pharma. Yeah. And I'm not saying traditional. Med- so if you're out there listening and saying, oh, you hate I'm just traditional medications have their purpose. All I'm saying is like to your point, why aren't we looking at these different treatment options? You know, because 20 years ago, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't, nobody knew about this, but I guess yeah. that as time goes on, we're exploring more, we're learning more and we're saying, oh, this is a viable option because we've done studies on it. It's FDA approved. Yeah. Let's use it. And what I mean by ketamine, when I went through treatment, it's not they're handing out ketamine to everybody. Everybody's right. on a different treatment track, like, you know, and sometimes it yeah. works for certain people. Sometimes it, they're not going to recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, no, the stuff I use is FDA approved. It's called, called Spravato. It's made by Janssen, I think, is a pharmaceutical company. And um, it's amazing, dude. It's I've stopped and started a couple of times because I went on some extended vacations because mm-hmm. I'm retired. and I can do that now. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would notice, you know, a shift in my behavior again and my my thinking these invasive and intrusive thoughts that would come into my head and as soon as i would excuse me start back up on spravato that um it would go away immediately yeah and so ketamine is there there's two molecules and i'm not a fucking scientist i just read this the other day but there's ketamine r and ketamine s ketamine r is the actual drug you know like well they'll do intravenous and stuff like that for surgeries or treatment or what have you ketamine s is the s ketamine um and so but but it's amazing but my thing is is i again it works amazing and when i have these thoughts you know they go away but i don't want to have to keep going back there sure Uh, i was going twice a week now i'm going once a week and it's really fucking cheap man it's 15 dollars. so if anyone listening out there and you're in the care of a psychiatrist ask them about ketamine therapy as ketamine therapy but but to your point i mean won't i mean i don't know i'm not a doctor but won't your body grow a resistance to it as as time goes on you know what i mean or am i am i just stupid no not 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 with the ketamine um and especially or the s ketamine because it's controlled you know you don't have it at home you only get it when you go there you don't take it with you when you leave so the instances of addiction or um tolerance you know are pretty negligible yeah from what i from from what i've read but so that has led me into you know and you spoke about uh, spoke about holistic you know stuff so all of this research that i've done has led me to seeking out you know a shaman or a healer or you know something like that and uh, i think i've you know, made a contact and, you know, we'll see what happens. But again, I'm the last person that I ever thought would be an advocate for fucking marijuana and or psychedelics to help with 
PTSD, depression, anxiety. Because that was the culture but... we grew up in. Yeah, man. Yes. That was the culture yeah. we grew up in. And remember, Reefer, Mad- not Reefer Madness was a long yeah, time yeah. ago. But but remember Before growing us, up in yes. this culture where, you know, oh, my God, you know, marijuana when you and I were growing up was like the thing. Well, now, I mean, it's used for, I don't have to tell you, a listener. I mean, it's there is a lot of benefits to to, so, to marijuana. Absolutely. And I, I use it to and help me sleep. Yep. I use it to help me. How many DVs did you ever go to? Uh, your Fuck, dude, I have called? this conversation all the time. So, okay, so Colorado <laughs> was the first state to yeah. legalize marijuana in the union. And I remember friends that weren't cops, like relatives would reach out. Oh, my God. Is it like a scourge? <laughs> you know, are there crimes going? People killing each other? I mean, a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they they thought that crime was going to be such a spot. Are you kidding? We have more yeah. fucking problems with alcohol than we'll ever have with marijuana. And to your point, I have never gone to a bar fight where people are just high on marijuana. Yeah. If anything, they're doing is they're fighting to get the fridge open because they're hungry yeah. and, and they're they're chilled out. I'm not saying there's there's outliers out there, probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't have to tell you. If you go to a fight and you smell water, I guarantee you there's something else on board. Yeah. There's meth, there's Coke, there's whatever. Yeah. It's not just pot. No. So, I mean, so, it, that, that, that's just a total yeah. wash. No, so, you know, I, I use it um, to sleep. Yep. I use marijuana when I have bouts of anxiety. Um, and sometimes I use it recreationally. You know, one... It, the first time that I use it recreationally, we were at a retirement party for one of my buddies from the department and we got home. I, I had the best time because, you know, I quit drinking 11 years ago when I would go to parties or gatherings. I would just basically hang out and not yeah, really enjoy myself everybody's drinking. <laughs> around all of my best friends. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't enjoy myself around my best friends. Yeah, yeah. They were drinking and I got high before that party because I wanted to be able to enjoy myself yeah. and relax. And yeah. when I got home, my wife told me, she's like, that was the Kurt that I met in college 28 years ago. Yeah. And it made me fucking cry, man. Yeah. You know, so yes, I had to use it to get to a place, but now I can enjoy those things without having to use well, and, marijuana. And, 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 and here's you know? the thing you, you are, it's you're, you're not Kurt. You just, you just said at the beginning, it's not like you're, you're a, a marathoner. You're out there. You're taking care of yourself. You're running, you're doing all this stuff. It's not like you're sitting on the couch playing fucking Nintendo or Sega or Xbox for 12 hours a day yeah. doing nothing with your life. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a big difference. Sure. You're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of yourself. Yeah, I'm taking care of myself. I, I'm reading. I, like Absolutely. you said, I run a lot. You know, I, I do ultra marathons. I'm a, I'm an endurance athlete. Um, it's uh, that also is part of my therapy. And that's I, I think that's the point that we all need to realize is that there's no one silver bullet that's going to cure everything. So if you're fucking suffering and you want to ch- turn your life around 180 degrees. Start opening your eyes, opening your mind, and listening to what those who have been there are doing to help themselves. Absolutely. And consult consult a professional. And and open up your mouth. Yeah. 
you know, meaning call people, call Kurt, call me, call Dan, call, call anybody. Just don't sit there. And cause I did the same shit. I was isolating, yeah. lost my, you know, been through two marriages and all. And, and I, you know, it's my fault. I mean, I, yeah, it's a two way street, but I don't blame any of my ex-wives. I say, and that sounds horrible. Any of my ex I've been married twice. <laughs> you know, I don't. Well, you're low for a cop, so that's good. <laughs> but, so you know, am I. I've only been I, married once. My last marriage, <clears throat> I don't blame her for yeah. wanting a divorce because you know what? I would have fucking divorced me the way I was hey, hey, acting. Hey. For you to see that and realize <clears throat> that is huge. And you know what you said, you know, there's opposite parts, you know, my wife and I have gone through our difficulties. Obviously, we've been married 22 years. Congrats. But there's always two sides, yeah, you know, there is. if she was to do something I that I didn't appreciate, I owned some of that. I own half of that. If Absolutely. I did something she didn't, pre she owns half of that. And I think, and that's, yes, it's very difficult for us to <clears throat> find well, that course. humility. Of course, because yeah. we're first responders and we want to be right all the time. And it's ego and it's. Yep. Yeah. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. It's not. I mean, female first responders are like that or can be like that. Yeah. And especially comes with mental health. You know, so what, what are you going to do? Are you going to for the listener out there? Are you going to sit around? And just wallow in self-pity. I hate to be a dick, but that's that's what it is. Or you're going to reach out and, and make that first call. We have this one life, right? We're not, we're not yeah. here forever. It's a very short life, by the way. Uh, so are you going to live, you know, like Groundhog Day? Every day is the same. Or are you going to reach out? There's plenty of options yeah. out there, brother. <laughs> when you and I were young cops, we didn't have all the plethora of treatment availability. Now you have to vet no. that treatment. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I worked for FHE Health and Shatterproof. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't just, I mean, I, I looked into it before I went, even though because I, I was in a shitty space. Right. But there's so many options out there. So I don't want to hear the excuses. Well, you know, there's not much uh, bullshit. No, there, there is. And w one of the first things that I did when I retired, so I retired November 1st of last year. And uh, in February of um, this year, I went to a training class for Copline. Copline is an organization, amazing, amazing that organization. is a crisis line for cops that's run by cops, by, staffed by 100% retired cops with a minimum of 10 years on duty. Mm -hmm. And I have had so much gratitude being able to speak with our brothers and sisters that are in crisis that it's it's amazing to me but it hurts me that not more of us are making that call so yeah you can call me you can call whoever but call copline yeah if you if you can't pick up the phone and call your best friend because you don't want to burden him or her with your issues because i think that's one of the big reasons why we don't reach out because we know we're all suffering sure sure Call the cop line, 1-800-COP-LINE, and there are cops there that are willing to, to, you know, to it's, get, you out, get you out of that hole. Because there yeah. was an analogy that, that was given to me while, while I was at that training, and it's pretty remarkable. You know, you're, you're down in a hole because you're suffering. You know, you have financial issues, marriage issues, alcohol, drug issues, whatever. 
and you're asking for help. You're screaming for help. And someone comes by, another cop comes by and he looks down and he sees you suffering, but he's like, I can't get you out of that fucking hole. I, I have no idea. I I've gone through the same shit that you've gone through. I've seen the same, but I don't know how to get out of there. Yeah. And this goes on for a long time, you know, until someone like you or I come up to that hole and look down at that guy or girl in there and say, hold on a second. And then you jump down in that hole with them. I love and that. then you're looking at me like, what the fuck? You're a crazy motherfucker. How are we going to get <laughs> out of here? And you're all you have to do, man, is be like, look, and this is what I'm telling all of the listeners right now. Look, I've been there. I know how to get out of this hole. Reach out oh, and make contact. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's such a, I'm, I'm yeah, man. Steal, I might have to steal that, dude. It's good, dude. I, I always go back. It's, it's such a good analogy. I like the one, you know, where, you know, going back to the matrix, you know, Morpheus telling Neo, I can only show you the door, but you got to walk through it. Yeah. And the thing that I think, you know, at least it was for me and in, in my treatment is, is that, and again, everybody's different, but the outpouring of support that I had, you know, yeah. for, you know, and everybody has a different experience. The outpouring was, was shocking. It was very humbling. You know, it got, got me very upset that, okay, you know, I, I went forward and I was expecting, you know, people to treat me differently or, you know, look down on me or make fun of me. And it, it was an outpouring of support. So I think to your point, I mean, look, you, I always tell people, Kurt, I mean, and I, I, and I don't, I don't, hopefully I don't sound like a dick like this. Look, you're pro everybody's going through problems. Your problems are not unique. They're unique to you, but and that doesn't make them less important. All I'm saying is millions of others have dealt with the same stuff. Yeah. So you, you, you're an alcoholic. Okay. That's horrible. You're addicted to painkillers. Okay. You know, you got in trouble at work. Okay. Do you think you're the only person that's ever dealt with that? But there's people out there that have been through that. They can help you through that. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, there's so that. Have you ever heard uh, Jocko willing? Oh yes. Very good. You got fired from your job. Good. You yeah. didn't get a promotion. Good. Yeah. You didn't run your marathon. Good. What are you going to fucking do about it? Yeah, exactly. It goes back Absolutely. to that. I remember hearing a saying a long time ago. You probably heard it. Look, life doesn't happen to you. Shit doesn't happen to you. Yeah, it might seem like that, but shit happens for you. Yeah. So if what didn't happen to you, which is horrible, would you be here right now? And we, you and I are having this conversation and you doing bigger and better things and you helping people and you being partnered with Dan and all this other stuff would have would have would have happened. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Man, I just think yeah, no. the, the older I get, I think shit happens for a reason. Yeah, it does. I, I firmly believe that because I wouldn't be the person who I am right now Absolutely. if I didn't go through these struggles. These struggles and traumas that we've all endured, they do not define us. Oh, absolutely. What defines not. us is how we react to those and what we do. And that's another thing. You said yeah. it, man. So many people, and I was one of those people. I'm wrapped up in the past. I made these mistakes. I fucked up at work, whatever. I've been divorced. That's who I am. That's not who you are. You still yeah. got, you said 50 years. You got another 50 years of your life, brother. Those, yep. those just kind of molded you. Yeah. To where you're at right now. Yep.
And that's, uh, <clears throat> you know, you brought up Filthy Pirate and, you know, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's what brought me to Dan. So <laughs> talk about partner, talk about Filthy that, Pirate, the, the company. And uh, I had yeah. Dan on the show, as you know, brother, but, you know, yeah. talk about that in the show. No, he's uh, I walked into the coffee shop. I, I used to buy <laughs> coffee from Black Black Rifle. Yeah, because yeah, we're big. veterans and, yeah, yeah. you know, they they do a shit ton of work for the veteran community. Two army guys, um, I think, that started that, I think. Yeah. Green Berets, yeah. Green Berets. And, um, yeah, I, I took up archery, too, through Operation Enduring Warrior, which was uh, sponsored by Black Rifle. But yeah. I used to buy coffee from them. And, you know, I'm a huge proponent of small businesses and supporting, you know, local people. And I heard about Filthy Pirate Coffee and that Dan, you know, was a former cop. We had never met and worked. We both worked for two of the, lar the two largest agencies in our in our county. And, um, I walked into the coffee shop one day and I looked in his eyes and I was like, this is a motherfucker right here that <laughs> has been through some shit just like I have. <laughs> and we hit it off, you know, um, I started helping out around the coffee shop and it was a great, um, transition. You know what I mean? I, when I first retired, I worked at bottle breacher, which is owned by oh, yeah, Eli, Eli Crane. Crane. Yeah, Navy SEAL running for Congress. Went he's in great... front of Shark Tank, by the way, everybody. Yeah, Got funding he... from Mark Cuban. He's a great fucking guy, yeah. man. And uh, so I, I worked there, helped them out during the holiday season. And then I went to Filthy Pirate and started helping Dan out. And it was great for me because I didn't have to deal with people. Yeah. You know, I could go in in the morning or I do go in in the morning. I bag coffee and you know well, it's one of those k cups it, it's and... one of those tasks where you're like okay I'm, I'm in the zone i'm doing my shit yeah i'm retired i'm not having to worry about some drunk driver you know i, I love it worry. dude it's... i'm not worried about working at night at 3 a.m and zero dark yeah. 30 i'm just doing my <laughs> shit and now i'm gonna yep. go home and i'm happy <laughs> and, the, and the coffee is fucking remarkable dude yeah. I, I love it you know but <laughs> You know, what, what? one of the things that I'd like to touch on is, you know, we always talk about ourselves and our brothers and sisters, but <clears throat> my wife has been through hell with me, dude. Yeah. And I've been through hell with her. Yeah. And she is my biggest proponent and supporter. But life is difficult for her. Mm -hmm. in this dynamic of me being retired yeah you know and that's something that we all have to take into consideration once once we venture down this this road of retirement and not going back to work thankfully she has a good job but she works her ass off yeah. and you know she feels a little resentment right because at the beginning of my career when we had kids i worked she stayed home with the kids and she, that was her full-time job. Yeah, and she yeah. did an amazing job raising our two kids. And it was different for me because I was working and I didn't resent her because I knew that she was doing the things to make our family whole. And now it's difficult for her because I'm not working. I don't want to go to work until I am 100% in love with myself and able to love myself again and sure. fix all of these things mm -hmm. so it's a difficult transition for her too so just make sure that you all who are listening if you're going through this to keep your significant other your absolutely wife your husband boyfriend girlfriend whatever um and 
open up, you know, start the communication because we're shitty communicators with our absolutely. spouses when we're cops. And there's a reason and, why we have high divorce rates. Absolutely. You know, to, but to sure. have a wonderful woman in your life, buddy, who yeah. um, is supporting you. I mean, that says that obviously she loves you yeah. um, and she supports you. Um, and it's yep. tough, you know, I mean, married, to, I mean, geez, like I said, married to a first responder, I don't care if you're a, a female first responder, I mean, it is tough. Yeah. I mean, you know that, I mean, to come home and, and I remember I would come home, wouldn't talk to anybody. I'd need my time to decompress usually with a drink for, yep. you know, an hour. Or maybe. two. Yeah. Hey, you want to go out and see? Nah, I want to fucking stay home. Yeah. Why? Well, cause I've been dealing with people all day. All right. I just want to chill. And that just compounds itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you demand, brother. Stuff. How can uh, how can people find you, Kurt? I know you're on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram. Th uh, Doors on Instagram and Kurt Dab on Hotmail. Yeah, I'm a huge Doors fan, man, and I I, le I legit got an email from one of the Doors uh, bands band members. Twenty years, well. I've had this email since 1994 when I was a freshman in college uh, yeah. and uh, I got an email in early 1995 from a, a then living member of the doors asking if, if they could buy my, uh, I'm like, no man. And I don't even have the E in it. It's just TH doors. So. Well, you talk, you know, young people might listen to this going, who the hell are the doors? Jim Morrison, yeah. the doors. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, I, I do four shifts a month on cop lines. So yeah. thank you, brother. You never know. You might be able to uh, talk to me, you know, get me on, on a cop line shift one of these days. You're, you're amazing, brother. Final thoughts, people out there struggling. What do you want to tell them right now? And we do the uh, Thin Brood Line podcast as well, Dan. And I yeah. do that where we discuss, you know, all things yeah. um, out there for first responders. Yeah. Uh, one thing to leave, man, is just we are all connected. We are all connected to nature and we are all connected to each other. And I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought I would be saying that, but I truly believe it now. And it's taken me 50 years to realize that. And I'm really excited to explore what all that stuff has for me. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, your listeners can take a little bit of, you know, what we talked about today and make themselves just a little bit better. You know, if you can be better today than you were yesterday, that's all that matters. Man. Well, you know, and it's increments too. everybody wants to do shit big and bad. How about yep. just doing one percent better today or five percent? And then it's the compounding effect. Right. And then by the Absolutely. end of the year, shit, you're fucking 50 percent better. Amen. Yeah. Kurt Dab, you're the man, brother. Thank you so much, brother. I look forward to speaking with you more in the future. Everything we talked about today, folks, will be linked up in the show notes. Thank you, brother. Be safe. God bless. Thank you for your service. Awesome. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com. You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.